Hello, you're listening to Wait, How Do You Spell That? A Rare Disease Podcast. My name is Colby, and I'm the editor here at Patientworthy. And today we're going to be discussing von Hippel-Lindau disease, or VHL. That's a genetic condition that causes constant tumor growth, commonly in the eyes, spine, brain, and kidneys. And to help in our discussion today, I'm happy to say we have a very special guest. Justin Corbin is a patient advocate who has been receiving treatment for VHL since he was 10 years old. You may have read the interview with him we published over at patientworthy.com back in December. And he's here today to share his experiences and talk about his successful treatment in a stage two clinical trial. Justin, welcome to the show. Sure. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for taking the time to come on and tell us about your experiences. And to start with, Justin, would you mind giving us an introduction to von Hippel-Lindau disease for listeners who may not be familiar with the condition? Yeah, von Hippel-Lindau disease is a rare genetic disorder that affects one in 36,000 people. It causes tumors in the central nervous system and different organs. Those tumors can be benign or malignant and can cause various symptoms. Usually, the treatment is to remove or shrink the tumors and to prevent those complications. So people with VHL need regular checkups and care. Okay, thank you. And can you talk about some of the ways in which VHL tumor growth is different from the types of tumor growth that people are probably a little more familiar with in a cancer diagnosis? Yeah, VHL tumor growth is different from other types of tumors because it's caused by a mutation in specific gene that normally prevents tumors. It can produce both benign and malignant tumors in various organs. It also can affect multiple organs at the same time or over time. Many listeners are probably familiar with surgery as a treatment for tumor growth in general oncology. In VHL, however, surgery is often not the first course of action. Sometimes it's a wait-and-see approach. And Can you tell us a little more about why that is? Yeah, so with VHL, you may have tumors that never grow. And if they do, it may be at a slow rate or it could be at a fast rate. Also, you probably don't want to do surgery unless it's 100% needed. Especially with spinal cord tumors or brainstem tumors, it's better to wait until the tumor causes like symptoms. Those areas are pretty delicate and could cause you deficits due to taking the tumor out. Hey, thank you. And you started receiving treatment for tumor growth when you were 10. What do you remember from that period of your life? Yeah, that's a, a long time ago. Most of the memories from around that age are seeing my dad go in and out of surgeries year after year. I believe around that age, I started having laser surgeries on my eyes to remove the angiomas. That's right. And you weren't the only person in your family diagnosed with von Hippel-Lindau, correct? Yeah, it's correct. If I remember correctly, my dad was diagnosed in like the late 80s. And I'm not entirely sure when me and my brother got diagnosed. I'm, I'm guessing it's like probably like mid-90s. And by the time you were in your early 30s, you had received a dozen surgeries to remove tumors in your body. And in your interview over at patientworthy.com, you talk about how this constant monitoring and recovery from surgery really presented a lot of challenges to your career and other areas of your life. But can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, it's been it's been a rough journey so far. I've had a dozen surgeries and it's like you go from one surgery to another surgery just like, uh, you know, my dad. And it's, it's very common with like VHL patients to have multiple surgeries throughout their life. And it affects your career, your social life. It's just, it's a rough journey. But, you know, I'm on this new medication and I think I have a bright future ahead of me. 
Yeah, that's great to hear. And for much of your life, you spent uh, a lot of time traveling from the West Coast where you live to the National Institutes of Health, which is in Washington, D.C., for care. Can you talk about your experiences there at the NIH? Yeah, I've been going to NIH for over 20 years now, and I'm pretty sure if I didn't have access to the amazing care at the NIH, I wouldn't be alive today. The NIH is one of the best hospitals for VHL, and they are also the leading experts in many other diseases. So people from all around the world travel in NIH for treatment of rare diseases. Definitely have a lot of respect for everybody at the NIH. And it was while you were receiving care at the NIH that a doctor discussed a clinical trial with you for a compound then known as PT2977, that medication that you mentioned a moment ago. I know you declined to participate at that time when it was in you know, an early stage trial. Could you tell us some more about that decision? At that time, I wasn't really ready to join any clinical trials. So I just, I was approached multiple times over the years. And the list of side effects for like phase one trials, it's pretty scary. So at that time, I declined to participate. But that wasn't your last encounter with that medication. Uh, You actually participated in the phase two for it, though, when that came around, the phase two clinical trial for that drug, which was eventually approved and is now sold under the name Wellareg. Can you talk about your experiences in the trial? Yeah, it was was a a long journey. Uh, I was going to the NIH every three months when the trial first started. And it was like three months after I started the drug, I seen my scans. And this is the first time in 20 years that I've seen my tumor shrink. And it was like a brand new life. And, you know, I, I had hope. It changed my life seeing that. And it still continues working today. So I hope the drug still works for the rest of my life. I share that sentiment. You know, I know Wellareg, it was approved by the FDA in August of 2021. So you've been taking it every day for for quite some time now. Sounds like you've had excellent progress on it. Can you talk about some of the ways in which the medication has changed your life? Well, I guess one, I'm not having any more surgeries. You know, it's been like over five years, I think. So I mean, it's definitely changed my life for the better. So what's next on the horizon for you? So I've been given a lot of thought about that. I'm right now I'm unable to work due to my last surgery. It made me permanently disabled, but I would love to start like a nonprofit and maybe like something like a Make-A-Wish Foundation or like a Dream Foundation. I'm not entirely sure which direction I want to take, but I would like to help out rare disease patients maybe like financially or do like a scholarship in my dad's name. So maybe a nonprofit on the horizon. Right. Sounds like a great goal. And whatever direction you decide to stay in touch with Patient Worthy will help you get the word out there. Most definitely. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on the show today to share your story and tell us about your family. It's very much appreciated. Yep. Thank you. Okay. And if you'd like to learn more about Von Hippel-Lindau disease, you can check out the VHL Alliance at www.vhl.org. And we'll leave links in the show notes for this episode so you can check that out alongside Justin's interview over at patientworthy.com. And remember, you can always keep up with the latest in rare disease news by visiting our website at patientworthy.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching for patientworthy on those platforms. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcasting platform. It may seem like a small thing, but a review or a rating really does go a long way toward helping us out. And finally, if you have any questions about the podcast or perhaps an idea for a future episode, you can get in touch with me by sending an email to Colby, that's C-O-L-B-Y, at patientworthy.com. 
That does it for today's episode. Thank you once again to Justin Corbin for joining me on the show today. And as always, thank you for listening. Thank you.